Thank you, Anna. Thank you all who have participated in our worship today. We're grateful for your use of your talents and abilities joyfully and willingly for the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In the conclusion of the Apostle Paul's epistle to this Thessalonian church, he's given them lots of great advice about life and hope in Christ. And he concludes his epistle to them with these simple, simple words. First he says, be joyful also, pray continually. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. Give thanks. It was gratitude that prompted an old man to visit an old broken pier on an eastern seacoast of Florida. Every Friday night until his death in 1973, he would return walking slowly and slightly stooped with a large bucket of shrimp. The seagulls would flock to this old man and he would feed them from that bucket. Many years before, in October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission on a B-17 bomber to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But there was an unexpected detour which would hurl Captain Eddie into one of the most harrowing adventures of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, that plane became lost beyond the reach of radio. The fuel ran dangerously low, so the men landed the plane in the ocean. For nearly a month, Captain Eddie and his companions would fight the water, the weather, the scorching sun, spending many sleepless nights recoiling as giant sharks rammed up against their rafts. The largest raft was nine feet by five feet, the largest shark well over ten feet. But for all their enemies at sea, one that proved most formidable was starvation. Eight days in, their rations were long gone, they were destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain these men. And a miracle occurred. In Captain Eddie's own words, Cherry, that was the B-17 pilot, Captain William Cherry, read the service that afternoon and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare, I dozed off. Now, Captain Rickenbacker says, something landed on my head, and I knew that it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew, I just knew, and everyone else knew too. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat, without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at that seagull. That gull meant food if I could catch it. 
And the rest, as they say, is history. Captain Eddie caught that gull. That bird was eaten. Part of the bird was used as bait to catch other fish. The survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because a lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, had landed, offering itself as a sacrifice on Captain Eddie's head. And now you know that Captain Eddie never forgot because every Friday evening around sunset on a lonely stretch of the Florida seacoast, you could see that old man walking, white-haired, bushy eyebrows, slightly bent, his bucket filled with shrimp to feed those gulls, to remember that one gull which on a dry, uh, on a day long past, had given itself without a struggle like manna in the wilderness. And Captain Eddie always wanted to say, thank you, thank you. Thanksgiving, we've just gone through it. It's a favorite holiday of mine, always has been. There's some wonderful, wonderful things about Thanksgiving, and I'm a purist about it. I don't start celebrating Christmas or decorating for Christmas or anything like that until after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a great concept that's all throughout the Bible. Think about it. In the Bible, there's stories that go all the way back to creation, but we remember when Noah and his family were in the ark. One of the first things they did after they got on dry land was to build an altar of praise to God. We look into the Psalms of the Old Testament. We hear the, the wonderful words about it's good to give thanks to God. The Psalms are full of thanksgiving. We look at our Lord Jesus' example as he gives thanks for the bread and breaks it just as we read today. And as Jesus tells the story about the, the lepers that were healed and the nine that didn't return, but the, the one did, and the emphasis he puts on the importance of thanksgiving. We see thanksgiving in the epistles and all throughout the New Testament, probably over almost 200 references to thanksgiving in the Bible. If you told me I could only give two words of advice to a young Christian, a new believer, about how to grow in spiritual maturity, those two words I would say to that person are this, be thankful, be thankful. Because today I believe very strongly that if I know a person that is characterized by the great virtue of humility, I bet you that person also has as his root his core, thankfulness. Think about all the wonderful fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. Aren't all those things rooted and grounded in thankfulness? <laughs> show me a patient person, I'll show you a thankful person. Show me a person with a servant's heart, I'll show you a thankful person. Show me somebody who's a peacemaker, I'll show you a thankful person. Show me a fervent student of God's word, a thankful person. A prayer warrior, a thankful person. An evangelist, 
a thankful person, all these wonderful, good attributes of the Spirit of God flow out of a heart of thankfulness and gratitude. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, they grow and grow throughout life. Thankfulness is an important concept that we should all have at the root of our Christianity. Gratitude to God. When we're thankful, we recognize that God exists. That God is our creator. He's our sustainer. He's our provider. He's the one who gives us hope and meaning and purpose in life. Thankfulness recognizes our dependence on God. Realizing that all that goes on in our life, all that goes on in our life is under his hand. Thankfulness is commanded in scripture just like we read today. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, the psalmist says. In everything give thanks, as we read today from the Apostle Paul. Why is it such an important command in Scripture? Thankfulness emphasized so much because there are dangerous consequences of not being thankful. Dangerous consequences of not being thankful. When we're not thankful, we, we tend to focus on ourselves. We, we tend to, to think so much about dependence on ourselves. And pride, and, 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 and you think about folks that complain, and they're, they're bitter, and they're unhappy, and they never can see good in anything, and, and you wonder, are you thankful for anything? What's your perspective about life? Because being thankless promotes pettiness and occupation with self. It creates depression and feelings of hopelessness because our perspective is messed up. Thankful people, thankful people have a different perspective about life. Some might say, well, how could the Apostle Paul say anything about thankfulness? He had it pretty good. He had it pretty good. But in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says this about his life. He says, five times I've received 39 lashes. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day adrift at sea. He says he's been in dangers of river, from rivers, from robbers, in dangers from, from Gentiles and Jews, from, from bandits in the country, out all over the place. And he says he's gone many, many nights without sleep. Live with hunger, with thirst, with cold, exposure. And, and, and on top of that, the, the worrying and fretting about the churches that he loves so much. And yet, and yet, the Apostle Paul can say, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Enduring all things, he eventually suffered martyrdom. Martyrdom. From an axe there in Rome. But even then, the Apostle Paul could honestly claim, I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content, to be thankful. Obviously, Paul's things that he based thankfulness on weren't, weren't stuff that, that's common stuff that we deal with every day. No, his thankfulness had, had a perspective, an eternal perspective, that, that there was something bigger and larger than his life. I know at times it's tough to be thankful. It's hard when things aren't going good. 
when life has let us down. We've all had those problems at times if we live long enough. It's hard sometimes to say, give thanks. You know, but the scripture doesn't call us to be thankful for bad things that are happening. The scripture calls us to have a perspective of thanks in the midst of bad things that happen. A perspective that says, you know what? There's a lot of bad things that are going on, but there's always something I can find to be thankful for. Now thank we all our God. A grand old hymn that many churches sang this past week. A minister by the name of Martin Rinkert, the son of a coppersmith, managed to work his way to the completion of a good education. In the year 1617, he became pastor in his hometown, Ellenburg, Germany. That year, after he became a pastor, a war, the Thirty Years' War, broke out. Lasted the entire length of Martin's ministry, all except the last year. Frequently, he had soldiers quartered in his home. It meant his furniture, his food, almost everything would be carried off by them as looters. But the Thirty Years' War was not the only cross Martin had to carry. In 1637, a plague hit his little town with terrible consequences. And that first year alone, 8,000 people died in his town. The town council, except for three, succumbed to the disease. School children dropped dead and died. Rinkert spent many days at the bedside of the sick and the failing. He buried more than 4,000 people, including most of his family. The plague was followed by famine, a famine so terrible that, that even the animals like cats and dogs and crows and so forth became scarce in towns. Rinkert tried to organize aid. He gave away all he had except the most meager possessions left for his family. The poor and the starving and the sick camped out on his doorstep. And yet in spite of this, in spite of this, in spite of all he had suffered, in spite of all he had seen, Martin, Martin Rinkert could write these words to that grand old hymn. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. All praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given, the Son in him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adored, for thus it was, it is now, and shall be forevermore. Now thank we all our God. How in the world could Martin write that? How in the world could the Apostle Paul write those kind of words about giving thanks? Well, maybe it's because when Martin wrote those words and he was thinking about that war that he was involved in, he was thinking, well, you know what? If they don't make it to the war, the Lord, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, is going to take those folks home to a place where there is no war. Maybe he wasn't thanking God for a plague that wiped out and ripped apart families, 
but he was given thanks for a Savior who would take all who believed on him to a place where there wouldn't be any sickness, there wouldn't be any suffering anymore. Now thank we all our God, even in tough times, even in the worst times. A lot of times we don't celebrate the things Martin did or suffer the things he did. But even in those tough times, we can have a perspective that says there's something we can be thankful for. And when we have that perspective on life of thanks, be thankful, be thankful. Then when we get up every day and we start thinking about our life and what's going to happen today and our attitude and our outlook, today we can get up and we can say as we sang in the songs this morning, for the beauty of the earth, Lord, we give you grateful praise. Today, we can get up and we can say, thank you, Lord, that I'm warm. Thank you, Lord, that I'm dry. Thank you, Lord, that I'm fed. Thank you, Lord, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, today that I have the freedom to come here without asking permission. Thank you, Lord, today that there are people here who know me and love me. Thank you, Lord, today. We can thank the Lord today that God has triumphed over sin through Jesus Christ, his son. That God is faithful even when I'm not and you're not. That God's promises are true that evil will not win. That evil will not win. That heaven is real. That heaven is real. That when we are weak, he is strong. That his grace is sufficient for us in all situations. That nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That even when we feel alone, we're never alone. That the Holy Spirit abides with us always. That God is faithful to finish his work in us, that our hardships, our hardships are temporary, that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And as the Apostle Paul says, that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. All those lines I just read come from Scripture. Scripture. Concepts and passages of things that we can be thankful for today. So today, I have a choice, and you have a choice, because thanksgiving is a choice. It's an attitude. It's a choice that's commanded, but it's something that, that has to be at the core of our hearts. A thankful heart is a choice that we make. None of us are forced to be bitter. None of us are forced to be ungrateful. We all can choose the attitude that we have about life and each and every day. And as Christians, we of all people have a different perspective of life. That this is not all there is. That there's so much good that we thank God for in this life. The simple things of life that I've enumerated already. But in the midst of it, yes, when there's pain and there are things that go wrong and, and tough times, none of that overshadows what? None of that overshadows the work of Christ that's been done in us and for us. And none of that overshadows the ultimate victory that will be won 
in Jesus Christ. The secret of a thankful heart is a conscious choice, a conscious choice today not to forget, not to forget what God has done for you and for me. And so, during this season of Thanksgiving, we pray today and ask the Lord today to humbly, we ask humbly that the Lord today will give us a grateful heart, grateful heart for all his blessings, the ones seen, the ones unseen. And I ask today that I take nothing for granted, no one for granted, and that my eyes and your eyes might be open today to appreciate, appreciate all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, because the Lord God made them all. Amen? We're going to sing a song today that harkens back to probably when you were in Sunday school as a little boy or a little girl, and we're singing it on purpose because it's a song that simply says, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so full and free. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we invite you today to come as we stand and as we sing.